Chris is going to come speak to us. Why don't we welcome Chris with a raucous round of applause. That's it. Great, thanks. Really nice to be with you all. If we haven't met before, I don't think I know most of you. I'm Chris, and uh, hope you're comfortable. We are we're in a series at the moment. We're going through the book of Acts, and we're getting inspired by uh, the early church, the first church that started after Jesus' time here on earth. And today we're particularly um, we're particularly looking at money. And because um, we're going to have a gift day uh, next Sunday, giving towards um, repairs to the roof and putting solar panels on the roof here, and so this this kind of talk is a preparation talk um, for that. But actually, it's it's a lot it's a lot broader at the same time. And um, what I want to do is look at we're going to go through some of the passages in Acts where where the, the believers are talking about money and giving and so on, um, and and then we'll we'll look at the what Jesus taught about money. And actually, this is one of my favourite subjects to talk about because um, it, because actually I've experienced a lot of personal freedom um, in 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 money. Uh, and the title for this is, is freedom from fear. And, um, and 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 I think one of the things I love about talking about money is that it I think it gets really to the heart of um, what it means to follow Jesus um, of, of of how what our life looks like in light of who Jesus is and what He's done for us. He's given absolutely everything for us, and and this is extraordinary, extraordinary good news that we become sons and daughters, children of God, and uh, and it, and it's extraordinary. And, and and the way that we live with our with our money is is a really hands-on, daily opportunity, regular opportunity to kind of live that that faith life. And uh, so I so I find it exciting. And this is this is the gift day, the hope gift day uh, for next Sunday, and and this sort of season of fundraising for the roof is kind of the subject. Um, but actually, it could be any. If you're just visiting Hope today, uh, then you know this is just as much a, a talk for you as for anyone who, who who's wanted to invest in the building here, and um, because it because it's about it's about the life of following Jesus, and it's a it's a radical radical adventure. So we're going to go through a few of the um, a few of the passages in Acts, and then we'll look at a few other scriptures as well. And as we do, um, well, it's, it's interesting because in, in the time of Acts, they didn't have any church buildings. They met in each other's homes. They, they, they prayed in the, in the temple. So we can't see, there isn't like a biblical mandate or sort of template for this is how you do a building project. This is how you fundraise. They didn't, they didn't have that sort of thing. But what they did have was um, they had various financial crises in different parts of the world they gave to each other. And, we can, and, and then Jesus taught on how we handle money. So we're going to look at those things. And those, that, from those, we can, we can see how do we respond uh, in the context of God giving us this building um, through which he stewards a lot of what he does uh, in, in and around us. So um, I've got a few um, PowerPoints coming up here. So I just want to just run through some of these um, these scriptures first of all, and uh, and then we're going to come and sort of finish by looking at our particular context here uh, and and a few inspiring stories from the past. So this is Acts chapter two. So Jesus has, has gone to heaven. He's ascended into heaven. The disciples have watched him literally go up into the sky. The Holy Spirit has come on the church, and they've been filled with power. And several thousand people have become uh, Christians. And we've read this a few times before in recent weeks. But the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. And then in bold, they sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared meals. And then we see in the next, in a few chapters later, in chapter 4, it says something very similar again. It says, all the believers are united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Doesn't that sound recklessly irresponsible? <laughs> what about their children? No, this is, this is the people of Israel who'd been passing the land down through the generations for thousands of years. And suddenly they sell their land, they sell their homes, and, and, they, and they just give the money. What about if one of them was to get ill? They didn't have a, a welfare system in those days. What about, you know, how, what does retirement look like? Uh, what about their next meal? It's, you know, the, 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 the next day. These are, these, are, these are big things. And why was it these people were able to live such reckless and abandoned lives? Why could they respond? Um, wh- why did the Holy Spirit inside them cause this response? If we go back to, uh, back to here, we can see that these are people that have encountered Jesus. They've met Jesus. They know him. He's become real to them. He's become personal to them. He's become that, that the Spirit of God is rising up inside them. And what they're doing is they're responding um, to the Spirit of God inside. They're responding to that amazing gospel of Jesus, that he died and rose from the dead for us. And this is what Jesus taught back in Matthew. This is, so this is Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this, cha- uh, verse 19, Don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Who's got moth problems in their house? Anyone? Susie? Yeah, we join you on that, the moths. See, see, it just feels so evil, doesn't it? These little tiny creatures. I'd happily like have a cage for them in the garden or something, but they just destroy your clothes. And don't store up treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in. Wherever your treasure is, there there the desires of your heart will be also. What's important to us are our security. Uh, what is that? Is that God? Is that is he, is, or is it something else? Is it our finances? Is it our provision for the future? No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved. Nothing wrong with money, but it's being enslaved to money. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink. Isn't there more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than that to him than they? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And what about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make or they don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and are thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And then He goes on. So don't worry about these things, saying, "What will we eat? What will we drink?" But seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He'll give you everything that you need. And so this is really about, I, I, lo- I love that verse, that verse, seek first the kingdom of God uh, above everything else and he'll give you everything. I've been living that verse, I've been standing on that verse for about 25 years and, 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 and it's, it's been the, probably the Bible verse that's been most active to me and, 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 and I've just seen it to be true in my life and in our family's life and the way God's provided for us. We've put him first, taken some big risks along the road, risks that felt big to us along the road and he's always provided, always come through and given us an abundance that's been extraordinary. Just flip back to that in a minute. 
it's very, very easy to be consumed, isn't it, with um, survival, with just getting through. Oh no, what about this? Isn't don't we deserve a holiday, or don't we deserve this, or, or, or you know, or, if, if I do this, then that's gonna that's gonna happen. So, and, and I think as Andrew is praying, it's so it's so easy to have a a disconnection, a fear of disconnection from God, a fear that actually it's all about it's all about me, it's all about us. And I've got to I've got to sustain things. And there's a measure of truth in that because actually God does give us the responsibility to steward the earth, to steward the resources that He's given us, and so on. But actually, we do that as we do that as His children. We do that as sons and daughters in partnership with Him. And I think this is the this is the key this is the key feature for us. Whether whether we've got loads of money, virtually no money, or, or somewhere kind of in the middle, is are we walking a life of of connection with God? Are we uh, are we close to him? Are we trusting in him? And then when we are, we can. Uh, it, it just works. This is this is something Jesus says in, in in Luke chapter six: "Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be me- it will be measured to you." And we see another theme that we see going through the Bible is this thing of, of generosity. And uh, in, in fact, in Malachi, in the Old Testament, chapter three, uh, it talks about it talks about tithing and, and giving um, regularly to God. This is in the sort of temple system of the Old Testament. It's saying, if if you give, you can test me on this financially. You, you can test test me on, you know, give give ten percent of your income to the temple and the and the priest that it was in the Old Testament system there, and I'll give you so much more provision that it will you won't be able to measure it. And in those days, they didn't have. Um, you know, weekly or monthly income, uh, as most of us do, uh, from whatever sources, but they had crops and they had grapes growing on their vines. And the promises there was that the grapes on your vines would, would not fall off prematurely. They would increase and there would be this, this abundance. And so what, what's so wonderful about this is this is very practical, um, opportunity for us to take a big risk. And I know for me, so Alice and I, we, 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 we've, um, we've practiced this thing of tithing and we've always given to our local church. At least ten percent of our income through our through our Christian life, and, and, and we do that. Even though I get a salary from Hope, but we still do that now. And and um, but every time we get a little bit of extra income from somhere, there's a there's a there's a, a niggle in me, and there's a and there's a delay. Oh no, I've got to give some of that away, haven't I? And 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 that little niggle in me, I don't know if you recognise that. I think I think that's the orphan niggle that just needs to be kicked into touch. Um, that's not really who you are, Chris. You, you, you're connected with the Father. You're connected with God. You can trust Him that He'll provide. So I, I recognise there's that there's that lie of disconnection, which which is sitting there ready to ready to ready to pounce. And actually, as I step into the the act of faith, which we can do on a regular basis, then we see then we're entering into our identity as as children of God. So really. Um, so really, this talking about about money and the, and then the gift day is our subject here. But it's, but it, as you can see, it's far bigger than this. This is about the gospel. This is about how do we live life on earth here now? How do we respond to who Jesus is and what He's done for us? And the only way to to um, experience it is to give our absolutely everything. There are so many people that we see in the gospel, aren't there? In, in, in the Bible, who sort of would half halfway go there. You can see um, there's the rich young man, you know, what should I do to follow you? And Jesus says, actually, that the idol in your life, the thing that's most important to you is your, you're putting your security in is your money. Let go of that, and then, you'll, then you can follow me. But you get the impression he couldn't, he couldn't quite do it. And you see others as well who can't quite 
get, but, but actually the, the tragedy is, the fallacy is, if we just hold back, if we don't give ourselves everything to Jesus, then we, then we don't get, we don't get to experience the life. He requires us to give everything that we are, our relationships, our future, uh, our finances. And that's part of the, part of the, I think my, my story, and I imagine for a lot of us, is that, is that we take some of these risks over time, don't we? We think, okay, I'll trust you with that. And then we sort of, sort of throw it, throw it, we, we throw it up. I just got my wallet out here. You know, I'll, I'll trust you with, uh, with, with, the, with the, the money we need for that. I'm going to give that. And then, oh, it's worked. And I can stand on it. And there you go. I'm standing on, the, on this thing that's worked. And it's like, okay, wow, maybe he really is good. Maybe he really does like me. Maybe he, you know. And then I can take a bit more of a risk. And, and this is the Christian life. Is, is, is we're stepping into this, into this sonship, daughtership, you know, that, 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 that is ours. And, we, and the more we do, we discover, gosh, it really works. He's re- he really is real. He really is for me and good. And it's... Um, and it's and it's such a such a rich journey. <laughs> so, um, if we go into, uh, I'm saying that we we don't. So, how do we go about considering what giving and so on looks like in light of that? You know, the kind of baseline is all that, the, the gospels and Jesus encourage us to give everything that we are to to the Lord. Uh, in, every, in, a, in, a, in every circumstance, okay? So it's not, about, it's not about hope. That's just about the Christian life. That's how you follow Jesus. We give him everything. But there are some specifics we see in the, in the New Testament here about, about how we can consider giving. And this is in, in Acts chapter 11. And uh, some prophets came from Jerusalem and to the church in Antioch, which is sort of Turkey area. One of them named Agabus stood up and he prophesied that there was going to be a great big, a big famine across the world. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the church in, in Jerusalem area, in Judea. Everyone, and it's interesting here, look, it says, everyone gave as much as they could. They did this and they entrusted their gifts to Barnabas and Saul. So you get the impression that different people were giving different amounts. And I think what's important here is um, it might be that, you're, that obedience for you looks like giving nothing to the gift day, for example, here at Hope. And, and that's great. That's fine. The important thing is that our finances belong to the Lord, okay? So if he, so if he says, I don't really give anything, you know, even if you're a multimillionaire, you know, don't give anything. <laughs> That's the way it goes. You know? um, uh, but everyone gave as much as they could in this setting. And uh, and then in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, so Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth a bit later on. And again, another part of the world, the church is struggling financially. And uh, and and, the, and they, they send a gift to this other church. So now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God is in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could not afford, but more. They did it not for their own, out of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Can you just see that freedom that these guys have got? They've got that freedom that knows they belong to God, that God is for them, God will look after them, and therefore they can give generously. They even did more than they'd, than we'd hoped for. For the first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't. So some principles here that we can see is giving according to what we have, not what we haven't got. It's not a credit card thing. And, um, and to do it joyfully and eagerly. And um, so there, there's, there's, some, there's some principles there. And I, I thought I'd just um, make a suggestion for how you might go about considering this gift day. And um, 
uh, well, so one thing to mention actually is that um, so we're looking to raise £170,000 which is for the um, repair of the roof, making it all watertight good for the next 50 years and putting solar panels on as well as a, as a, as a power uh, generator and also to make good all of the, uh, the, 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 the plaster work and stuff which is all damaged in here through, through leaks and so on that's, that's the, that's the, um, that's the £170,000 that we need to raise and we expect these sort of things is often an, a, quite an exciting journey of faith, actually. And I'll mention a few previous ones um, in a minute. But this is this is we need we need to raise this on top of our regular income. Um, so if you give to hope regularly, um, please don't see this as an alternative. It'd be great if you could carry on with your regular giving. And actually, we we need to increase that as well because we're we're in the process of a, a, a advertising for a youth pastor, and it's it's great because we're growing as a church. More people are coming and, and joining us here, so our, we're expecting our income to rise. But so so please don't see this as an alternative to regular giving. Please keep keep on your regular giving. Um, and I think the process of of how you go about considering this is actually really simple. It can be a bit painful. I've kind of shared some of my journey of that niggle of it's the, it's the step of faith. It can be a bit painful sometimes. But actually it is quite simple in, in that we say, God, my life belongs to you. Um, I just put my money, my, my, my fear, my, my, my everything into your hands. And, 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 and I just say it belongs to you. What do you want me to do? Do you want us to give to this or not? If so, how much? And it's, and it's really as simple as that. And, um, and then you can just do what he says. And uh, it might be it might be a, it might be a challenge. It might be might, might be not. You know, we see generosity is a, is, a, is, a, is a key feature that we see within here, giving in proportion to what you've got, and so on. We see Jesus promising that actually, as we give financially, and right through the Bible, this thread, if, as you give financially, God actually returns on that. He's not a slot machine where you sort of you know kind of get a, a, a sort of clear return in that sort of a mechanical kind of way. But as we do life with Jesus, He He provides for us. So um, I think probably what Alice and I will do is we'll probably spend a couple of times just praying and we'll say, God, what do you want us to do um, for this gift? Do you want us to give to it? If so, how much? And we'll be conscious of our hearts. Is there fear motivating my listening? Am I hearing God through a filter of panic? Uh, am I am I uh, trying to be competitive or what, am I scared of people think about me? Uh, I don't know. Any, any of these sort of things um, are all worth laying down and saying, I just want to hear your voice, God. And so we'll probably do that over a few occasions and, and see where see where our finances are, see what God says. And um, and so that's that's kind of how we recommend you do it. And so next next Sunday will be our gift day. And we'll have an opportunity with envelopes, and, and you can um, you can write on an envelope how much you intend to transfer, or you can give some cash. Or I don't know if anyone does checks anymore. Does anyone study checks? Gillingham, do you study checks? Yes, I thought you might. Well, <laughs> um, and uh, and then we'll, and we'll make those make those gifts there. Uh, and then after that, we'll all, once we've got some uh, initial gifts given, then we'll do some um, applications for grants and trusts and so on who uh, often often give to these sorts of projects. I mean, it might be that this is a bit of a journey for us as a church. It might not be that we get everything in one go. It might be that it takes a, it takes a season. But actually, this is quite, these, these are the kind of rich opportunities for us to walk as a church family together in, in nestling in and, and, and discovering God in, in, in new ways. And um, so it's an opportunity for us, even if you, you know, even if you don't give yourself, it's, please join us in praying. And we say, God, give us today our daily bread, um, and, our, and our daily roof slate, and everything else, you know, the things that we need um, for the for the building here. I'd like to just finish by reminding us of a few stories of the past. And um, that was a picture we got a sneak preview. This is the prayer centre up here. And back in 2000, 160 grand was raised for the for the prayer centre. And um, Annie's hit over there. You can ask Annie or Silas for some details of what that journey was like. These are, you know, these are 
I think this is the privilege actually of having buildings like this, where the, the finances are kind of beyond what seems achievable. Um, is is it's an opportunity for us to go into prayer and to track with God, and it is it is that wonderful. And I think with finances generally, it's that wonderful opportunity to sift our hearts to 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 say, you know, do I do I actually trust Him? Yes, I sing, I sing, I sing, and I and I read the Bible, but do I actually trust Him? And and uh, and it's for, that's for us to do as a as a church community. So that was the, the prayer centre, and then this is the opening of the crypt back in 2015. And that was about £150,000 which we raised for the, for, the, for the crypt. And that journey was an exciting journey as well. We got a letter in the post one day um, telling us we had a bank account we didn't know anything about. They had £24,000 in it. Isn't that, that was amazing. It was a hope, hope investment account. We had no idea about it. And then we had other very generous gifts. And we had a grant um, from the Congregational and General um, Insurance Company. We'll be writing to them again shortly. Um, and, uh, and, and people in the, in the church gave very generously. And, and, you know, and uh, that, so that was part of our story there. And um, I was talking to Dave Mitchell the other day about the Woodland story. I just thought I'd share this as a finishing one. Because we're part of the church in the city and we celebrate each other's successes. And then if you recognize, that's Woodland's church up on... Um, Woodland Road, isn't it? Sort of, you know, other side of what that is road. And I've just, uh, Dave emailed me the story here of how they got that building back in 1994-95. Um, uh, this is what he wrote. Woodland's Church, which was the BBC's prop store, came on the market in 1994. Highgrave and Henleaf congregations of what would become Woodland's group of churches had their combined evening service down the road in what was then the Hawthorns Hotel. When the building came on the market, Rob Scott Cook felt God had it for his purposes for the city. And we tried to view an offer, but it had been snapped up by a developer. Rob felt a, a real stirring from God about it, so he kept a picture of the building in his wallet and prayed for about it every day for nine months. One Sunday, he felt God say, go back to the agent. The next day, he contacted the agent, who was very surprised, as it had just come back on the market, I think that day. And he was asking who Rob's source was. <laughs> <laughs> the price had fallen considerably to £200,000. And we offered exactly half of that. The BBC were willing to negotiate, and we purchased it in September 1995 for £135,000. <laughs> and we felt the hand of God very, very strongly on it. Video of the newly purchased building and our first service in October 95 are available on the Woodlands YouTube page. That's quite funny. It's worth watching that. 95 is a long time ago. Very interesting outfits and things. Um, uh, but isn't that inspiring? A story of how God, uh, God led that that the Woodlands group in terms of buying that building. And I think this is, this is the exciting thing for us. This is a, an opportunity to go down in history of, of, of uh, we, you know, we, God's given us this, this wonderful building. Um, we've been here for 20 years. We've never had to pay any repairs for the place. We developed the crypt and the prayer center. We've never done any, any substantial repairs on it. And it's been good for this time. And, and we, we, we feel that this is a significant building for the, for the community and for the city. It's a great hub and gathering point. And it's um, part of our privilege to join with God in stewarding it. So, um, could we pray together now and, and ask, ask uh, the provider? Could we, could, can I invite you to stand? Is that all right? So, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you've given us this building. Thank you for all of the lives that have changed in it. Thank you for the resources for the local community. So many people uh, have been blessed through this building and what's happened here. And Lord, we, we ask you to provide for all that we need um, for the roof. We ask you for £170,000. Um, prompt us and show us what it's right for us to give as individuals, as households or whatever. And we pray that you move um, 
in the hearts and minds and decision-making of grants and trusts and show us other sources, maybe surprise sources we haven't thought about. Um, And we pray that you provide everything that we need. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us everything we need. Thank you, Father. Amen. Great. Do you have a seat? I've got these, um, I've just made some notes here, which are these, they're basically kind of notes of what I've said, and I'll give those out in a minute. We've got a new bookshelf in our, in our front foyer, just out here, and the idea is there's some books there which are, they're particularly, it's a, it's a selection of books which have been good on p- part of Hope's journey, Hope's story, and there's one copy of each one that you can look at, and there's another, another or multiple ones that you can borrow if you'd like to borrow books. And actually the bookshelf is a bit too small. We've increased the number of books that we are planning, and hence does that, some need to be borrowed. So please borrow some books. And if you want to read one on giving, I, re- I really recommend this one. This is by Lauren Cunningham, who started YWAM. And uh, he does this great book here on Daring to Live on the Edge. And it's that whole thing about finances are an opportunity for adventure with Jesus. And it's a great way of, of, of digging in. So there's about four or five copies of that. If anyone wants to borrow those, you can just write a little notebook and, um, and take one of those copies. Great. I think we've finished a little bit early. The thing that's uh, really stood out there as Chris was talking about that was that idea of... Um, Money is really just saying every, everything we are and everything else belongs to God. And I thought it'd be good for us just to respond to that, as just sing a, sing a final song together before uh, midday. But with that in mind, that idea of actually an opportunity to say again to God, actually everything's yours anyway. Um, so why don't we stand and, and Esther will lead us in that and, and then we'll wrap up from there.